0: excited to speak to you and I'm very sad that today is the last morning in 12 to 14. I've had such a good time with you guys, I know. Um, But it's going to be a good one. We've been talking about conversations and interactions with Jesus through the life and eyes of Peter. And we're about to reach a peak, I think, in Jesus' ministry. We're about to reach a peak in the relationship between Jesus and Peter. In other words, it's all about to kick off. The religious leaders are mad because Jesus has been going around doing miracles. He's been basically saying he's the Son of God. The authorities are mad because Jesus, getting a, Jesus is getting a great following. He's causing unrest in society. Everybody is coming for Jesus. Jesus knows that he is about to die. In fact, just before the passage that we're going to listen to, Jesus says that he knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So naturally, what does Jesus do? He throws a dinner party. And I love Jesus. He knows that he's about to die. He knows that he's about to leave his friends. And he decides to throw a dinner party So the sun is setting, the disciples are on their way to this meal, Jesus is on his way to this meal and they all arrive, greet each other and they sit down at the table. The bread is smelling lovely and sweet and warm and the wine is smelling great and they're kicking back and they're chatting about their day. It's just a great environment of friendship and food. And it's actually a very important annual meal It's called the Passover. And what that means is that everybody else in the town was probably having this similar meal, setting up, getting together with their family and friends and discussing all of the great things that God has done. And then the next thing, Jesus gets up. He walks away from the table and he grabs a towel. He takes off his coat and his his layers and he wraps the towel around himself and then he starts to run a bath. This is odd. I don't know about you, but I've never been at dinner with my friends, Friday night chilling, and somebody gets up, grabs a towel and starts running a little bath. And then he says, come on guys, put your feet in. Weird. I would be running the other way. I'm all down for a little spa treatment and a pedicure. As Martin was saying, the self-care seminar taught me a lot. But this is not what I want to be doing at dinner time. And Peter seems to feel the same way. The passage today is from John chapter 13, but we're going to take a listen.
1: He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, That you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them.
0: So you're sat at dinner. And your friend says they'd like to peel off your socks. And I've smelt your socks. One actually hit me in the face earlier. Whoever that was, thank you very much. Lovely. They want to peel off your socks and they want to wash your feet. I'm out of there. Firstly, I love food. Anyone who's met me before or seen me in seminars will know how much I love food. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Do not interrupt me while I'm eating. Secondly, um, I want to be tucking into my dessert with peace, I don't want anybody touching me. I'm not really like a touchy feely person. So I think I'd probably just wanna take that brownie to go and never come back, maybe find some new friends. So I was a little bit like Peter. He says, what are you doing? And Jesus says, you do not understand what I am doing now, but later you will understand. To be honest, I find that even more weird. It would make me feel even more uncomfortable. Peter's uncomfortable, as we saw. And I think that we need to understand their relationship because there's a little bit of context here. While Peter seems to be just as freaked out as I am, his context is different. You see, on Wednesday, Tuesday, we learned that Peter was a fisherman. And on Wednesday, we learned a little bit about Peter's character. We learned that he was opinionated. And today, I want to tell you a third detail about Peter. Peter was from Galilee. So for, for Peter, this idea of feet washing wouldn't have been as crazy as it is to you and I. They lived in quite a dusty and dirty place and they would walk about in sandals. So it was very usual that their feet would become very dirty. And actually, often it was custom that when you would go to somebody's house for dinner, that you would want to have your feet cleaned before you eat. I think that's fair. But here's the thing, the person that would do the feet washing would never be the most important guest at the table, never. If you had enough money, it would actually be your servants or your slaves that would wash the feet of your guests. So now we start to understand the response of Peter when he says, no way, you shall never wash my feet. We understand that Peter sees Jesus as the Messiah we talked about this before, he's, he's realised that Jesus is the son of God, he's the maker of the universe in flesh. How could this great God want to get on his knees and wash the disgusting feet of me and all of our friends, just commoners, just everyday guys? Why would God in the flesh want to do something as lowly as that? And so Jesus looks at Peter, and as we know, Peter is very opinionated. I can imagine Jesus thinking, oh, Peter, you and your opinions, so often you don't get it. And he gently says, Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And what is Jesus saying here? You know, Jesus isn't saying that he wants to shower his friends. Jesus would never say that. That would be wildly inappropriate, especially in their culture. Absolutely not. Jesus loves imagery. Jesus uses pictures and stories to explain the greater spiritual things. And Jesus is talking about a washing, a spiritual greater washing that we get when we trust in him. Jesus, when he talks about the dirt, is talking about the sin and the shame and the brokenness of this world that we are in contact with, that covers us and that we contribute to all the time. He's explaining to Peter that it is only him, Jesus, that can wash him clean and present him as clean to the Father in heaven who is perfectly holy and perfectly clean. Jesus wants, in fact, he's desperate to serve us. He wants to clean us. Now, when Peter hears this, Peter changes his tune. As I said, Peter loves to change his opinion within one interaction with Jesus. When Peter hears this, he says, okay, if if being clean has something to do with being close to you, Jesus, then I want all of it. Wash my hands, wash my head, wash my feet. And Jesus, again, is like, oh, Peter. What does he say? He says, Peter, those who have had a bath are already clean. They only need to wash their feet. Peter, you are clean. So now what is he saying? Well, Jesus is talking about the fact that we only need to be made clean once. Give me a shout, those of you that have only showered once this week. Who was it? You sound very proud of yourselves. I'm not proud of you. (laughs) Okay, I just want you to know that Jesus is not talking about that. That does not work, okay? Being washed once at the start of the week will not cover you for the whole week. Trust me, we can smell it. It does not cover you for the whole week. However, when Jesus talks about his cleansing, when he cleans us, We only need to be made clean once. He has covered us when we trust in him and we bring him all of our dirt and he cleans us and forgives us. He has covered us for all of the past sin and mistakes and situations and things that have been done to us, everything in the present and everything in the future. He has cleaned us once and for all. So why do we need to clean our feet sometimes? What is he talking about? Well, Jesus understands that Peter and his friends and us still live in this world. That we are in contact, stepping every day with a world that is full of this sin and brokenness. Jesus understands that we still need to have our feet washed, that we can come to him and be cleansed daily. You know, we see and hear the word repentance a lot. We heard it last night. Turning away from those things that that aren't of God, that are dirty and they're wrong and they're sinful and coming to Jesus and saying, forgive me, Lord. I want to turn away from that. And he cleans our feet. It's a little bit like in your tents in the morning. For those of you that did shower all week, who showered every day? Well done, guys. Well done, that's lovely. I believe you as well. For those that showered every day, wherever you are, I can't see you at the back, um, you will know that when you wake up in the morning, You might feel clean, you might have showered, but that morning walk when you put your white trainers on or you grab your wellies or you grab your Crocs and you're trying to come to the meetings, everybody ends up with this like layer of mud and grass and water around the bottom of their shoes, don't they? It's really hard to avoid when everything is wet in the morning and you're coming out of your tent. That doesn't mean that you need another shower. Your body is clean, but you are in contact with a world that is messing up your feet. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So this is what it's like to walk in a world that is broken. Jesus knows that we need to have our feet cleaned pretty much constantly. You know, sometimes we fall into this trap that we think that we need to do everything we can to be made clean. That we're the ones who offer everything to God. That if we can make ourselves clean enough and perfect enough, then we'll be good enough for Jesus. We think that our life with Jesus and how clean we are has something to do with us. But Jesus says, no. Your cleanliness is about what I want to do for you. How I see you and how the Father sees you is about what I came to do for you. We're able to come to Jesus and confess our sin and tell him what we're struggling with. And he will clean our feet. If you're a Christian and you've put your trust in Jesus and you've received this gift of grace, when you come into his presence to have this conversation, Jesus, my feet are dirty, I messed up again, or I'm feeling this struggle or I treated that person badly or "or something's happened to me that makes me feel just a mess. It's not like walking into a courtroom with our hands behind our back in handcuffs, waiting to present ourselves to a judge who sits there looking at us as if we're dirty and wants to put a condemnation on us, put a sentence on us, who sits there just waiting to tell us how dirty we are and how much we need him. No, if you're a Christian, having this conversation with Jesus is like being invited in to a dinner. It's like being invited in to sit at the table with your friend Jesus and to talk to him about what's going on, to eat with him, to spend time with him, to see him up close. You're invited to his dinner table to have your feet washed. And Jesus desperately wanted to remind Peter of this in this conversation. You see, our interactions with God and Peter's interactions with Jesus weren't to make him feel guilty. They weren't to make him feel like he had to earn God's love but they are to make us feel like we want to go out and share God's love. Raise your hand if you want to be more like Jesus. I definitely do. Well, let's see what the passage had to say about that. It said, or well, Jesus says, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. Rightly so, for that is what I am. When we receive the grace of God, it makes us look out at this broken and messy world. We see the dirt that covers people. We see friends that are Christians that may have dirt on their feet. They might be going through things and it makes us want to serve them. It makes us want to love them as Jesus is. Not bring them into a courtroom and condemn them and tell them what they should be doing and tell them off, but to invite them to a dinner table, to have a chat, to share relationship and to help one another to wash that dirt off our feet. We stand in a world that should break our hearts for the people as it did for Jesus. God in the flesh coming and getting on his knees in the dirt and behaving like a servant and a slave just so that you and I could walk clean. And I want to pray for us this morning. I think there's a couple of groups of people I'd love to pray for and then I'm going to ask you guys to pray for each other. The first group of people that God spoke to me about are the no way people. A bit like Peter, you're like no way Jesus, there is no way that an awesome, amazing God would want to stoop so low and wash my feet. There's no way that a God could love me. I can't understand how God would want to serve me. And yes, it's good to realize that we are in a mess. All of us are in a mess. But God gives us the choice to allow this Jesus to serve us or not. It's Jesus' heart to serve you and love you. But we get a choice. Do we believe that this extraordinary God has done what he needed to do to get rid of our mess? Because it's a free gift. And God is desperate and excited to give it. He's been planning this since before the world even began. I think for this group of people that can't believe that God would serve them, there's another few of you that have grown up in an environment where you have been told to fix your own problems. There's a couple of people in here, maybe a few people in here, that have grown up being told to fix your own problems problems, that any situation you've got yourself into is your fault, you're on your own, sort it out. And I'm not just talking about tidying your bedroom. I'm talking about feeling completely alone, that those who should have taken care of you, those who should have helped you and shown you grace when you messed up or got things a little bit wrong, haven't, and you feel completely alone. I want to pray for you this morning. If that sounds like you, if you can't imagine why Jesus would want to love and serve you and you feel in a mess, I'm going to ask you just to be brave and raise your hand. I've been there many times. Well done. I can see your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus is desperate, desperate to meet with you. He wants to clean you and not because he hates you, not because he wants to change you, but because he loves you. Sometimes we wanna be better and Jesus says, that's okay, we can do that. Not because I hate you, but because I love you and I have the best for you. Father God, I just wanna pray for every person in this room that raised their hand and even for those that didn't, who feel like they're not good enough or worthy enough to be washed by you, Lord. I thank you that you came to serve them, that you know every single hair on their head. In fact, you have them numbered. When one falls out, you say, oh, that's 273. You know everything about them and you love them so deeply that you were willing to go to the cross and die and bring them into your eternal life, Lord God. I thank you that you don't want to condemn them. You don't say you have to fix this on your own. You're on your own. Sort it out. This is your fault. Lord Jesus, you don't say that. You say, come to dinner, come and eat with me and let me wash your feet. You don't have to do this alone anymore. I thank you, Lord, that this is your heart for your children. And I believe there's a second group in here. I'm gonna call you the hands and head people. You're Christians, you you trust in Jesus, you love Jesus, you've prayed the prayer where you ask, Lord, please forgive me. Bring me into your eternal life. But you're walking through life feeling like you're not good enough to receive that gift daily. You feel like you constantly need to do better to receive the love and the serving of Jesus. Maybe you feel like you have to go to every church service, attend that band practice, get the perfect grades, look the best, have the best friends, do everything keep your parents happy, teachers happy, all of it. And every day that maybe you get something wrong, think something wrong, or something happens, you feel like you're disqualified. Really, you're asking Jesus to do over and over again what He says He's already done. Those who have been made clean do not need to be made clean again. If that's you, if you feel like you're, you're disqualified, you can't quite be good enough, to feel like God wants to spend time with you, to feel like you're invited to Jesus's dinner party, then I want you just to do something with me, okay? Firstly, I want you just to drop your shoulders. Can you do that with me? Drop your shoulders, give them a shake. Nice, it's good, huh? Now I want you to take a breath with me, nice and deep. In, right into your belly. And I want you to breathe out. Feels good, doesn't it? Jesus has already made you clean. Father God, I thank you for these people who have put their trust in you. And I thank you that they have already been made clean. God, you made sure to write to us in your word that you see as perfect those who are being made holy. You see us as perfect even though we're on a journey of becoming perfect. Why? Because Jesus has made us clean just like him. You see us as your beloved daughters and sons and if we put our trust in Jesus, there's really nothing we can do about it. We can't add anything and we can't take anything away. And I pray now that you would release your freedom in this place. That people would walk in freedom, knowing that they are loved and that they have a purpose, and that while they're figuring out how to do better, how to learn from you, how to become more like you, that you already see them as perfect. I thank you, Lord, for your gift. And thirdly, I just want to speak to the people who have given their lives to Jesus, they understand this outpouring of grace and this cleansing. They understand that actually they were never good enough in the first place, but Jesus paid the price. But when you hear that understanding that Jesus has washed our feet and continues to do so, it makes you want to share that love and serve the world. As Jesus said, to go out and to serve those, to not act greater than anybody else, but to show everybody the love of God. That when you look out and you see the dirt, of the world and the mess and the brokenness, your heart breaks and you wanna serve as Jesus served. It's for the people that last night when you heard Abigail speak on the stage, you thought, I want to tell people about Jesus. I wanna show people the love of Jesus. I wanna use my gifts to transform my community. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand now. In fact, could you stand on your feet if that's you? You want to show people the love of Jesus in this broken world. You really, really, really do. You're ready to go out there. You feel that desperation to serve and to love. What I'm going to ask you to do, for those of you that are sat around your friends now, youth leaders and you guys as well, 12s to 14s, if someone stood up from your group, we're going to pray for them. Okay, we're going to spend a minute praying. I don't want you to get distracted. Don't start talking about what's for lunch. Okay, I want you to gather into little groups and I want you to pray for them. Youth leaders, you can help to facilitate this. So find someone who stood up. You can stand up yourselves. The band are going to play. Don't get distracted. We're going to have a minute of prayer for those friends who want to go out and serve like Jesus. Just lift your voices, begin to pray for those who have stood up. Thank you, Lord.